Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by top London radio DJ and certified Japanophile, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how the devil are you? Hello, mate. I'm just looking at pictures of Roland, our favourite host, uh, on Instagram. <laughs> he does have a, a collection Raven. of fine, fine cars, and um, he, he, he seems to spend a lot of time with some uh, beauty products. But my God, like he looks like a lady, <laughs> Chris. He, he lives. A, he lives a decadent lifestyle. Really For those does. of you wondering who Roland is, uh, you may have missed our recent podcast talking about snack bar hostess club culture in Japan, where you spend lots of money to have somebody talk to you mm. while you drink and smoke. Uh, and the king of hosts, the the best host in Tokyo, is King Roland. He looks like Michael like Jackson, like a 26. blonde Michael Jackson. He does, yeah. If you look up this Roland chap, ladies and gentlemen, on YouTube, just go host, I think it's host TV, mm. Roland, or just type Roland in anywhere, Roland's host club, and you'll see him. He He's a very eccentric looking guy. Uh, he's 26 years old, but he's had a lot of plastic surgery done, and he has very long blonde hair. And he looks like quite a character. I'm sure he's lovely, but he's a very <laughs> smart man because he makes $88,000 on just some single evenings alone. So he knows what he's doing. The plastic surgery's paid off. <laughs> and the flirtatious banter. Yeah. I'd love to meet him. As I said in the, the time we talked about it, I'd love to actually have a chat with him and see how he can be worth like $88,000 in one evening. Little spooky Must boy. bloody good at talking. Mm. I what mean, do you even talk about... To get that kind of money. I mean, I don't know. Politics, love, life. Wow. Unbelievable scenes. Well, on, average, on average, like a Japanese businesswoman going into these host club places would pay something like 500 to $600 for mm. an evening at a host club, just sitting there talking to guys like Roland. And they get their money from uh, commission, from getting drinks. So Roland would sort of say, oh, you know, we're having great fun here. It'd be even better if we did it with some champagne. Some Bollinger or something. What if you buy that? That would be great, wouldn't it? And then you'd go, yeah, sure, Roland. Hand over your credit card. And next minute you're drinking champagne with King Roland. Horrible King but, Roland. What a controlling man. King Roland. <laughs> what a disgusting like, what, man. <laughs> what, how could the conversation be that good to justify that kind of expenditure? I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. get it. And that's why I fail. Mm. 
<laughs> I'll never be a good host. But today, <laughs> we are talking about your questions. We mm. have got the fax machine filled to the brim, as always, with your wonderful emails and stories, guys. Uh, keep them coming. Podcast at gmail.com. If you have a question about anything or a story of something that happened to you in Japan, send them in, and we'll probably read it out. And our first <laughs> one, look. what is it, Pete? What have we got? Uh, we've got a, a, a Chris. It's a Chris versus Chris situation. Good uh, uh, there's, there's no two ways about it. Um, hey, guys. Hey guys, I previously spent a semester stud- studying at uh, Ritsumiya-kan uh, University in Kyoto, and at that time my speaking level was N5 beginner level, which sounds very advanced for the word beginner, um, so I had no idea how to go about getting a haircut while I was there. My solution was to just get my hair cut really short before leaving America, and subsequently looking vaguely homeless by the time I left Japan. How was your first haircut in Japan, Chris, and is there any specific etiquette I should know about? Thanks, love the show, Chris. And uh, I don't think you've seen it, Pete. I actually collected this email. But he's, this, this Chris chap has attached two photos, one of him before and after his semester in Japan. Oh, nice. He did indeed go with short hair and came back with relatively long hair, <laughs> certainly not on the level of Roland and his decadent long hair. But uh, Yeah, I'd, to say he, to call himself homeless, vaguely homeless, was a stretch of the imagination. I think he looks rather handsome. Um, but I actually, I can relate because I had this problem. Mm. Of course, I went to Japan with basically no knowledge of Japanese, certainly Mm. no knowledge of the terminology required to discuss having a haircut. And I think I put it off for the longest time, for like three or four months, just because I was scared. I remember going up to the barber shop, looking in through the window, and just being like, yeah, I'll do it next year, and like (laughs) just doing that on and off for weeks on end. I went in, and I think I took a photo with someone. I took a, a photo of a celebrity. I don't know, I can't remember who it was. Right. It might have been someone from One Direction, because though I despise One Direction, they do have, they great do hair. have good hair. Mm. And I think I pointed at one of their heads and was like, this man, and then it happened. And then they just <laughs> cut my hair like that. But I didn't, I didn't know what to say. Yeah. Uh, even now, I'm not sure what the best terminology is on how to describe how to get a haircut. What I do is I just go to Natsuki's place and I still do the same thing. I basically take a photo, take it to Natsuki's wife, and I'm, I'm say, Asami, this person's hair, please. And then she does it. So <laughs> just do that. Just take a photo, and you don't need to know any Japanese. Is your hair um, a little bit like a Japanese person's? Because they're very straight, thick hair, don't they? Um... I think... I, well, actually, I mean, I've never really thought about that until I went back to the UK once, and I got a haircut there. Mm. And the woman who was doing my hair, she said... Where have you got this done? It's it's really odd. And I said, oh, you know, I live in Japan. My friend did it. And she was like, okay. And it seemed like there is a different technique. They have a yeah. very different style in Japan. I don't know what it is. I think they don't cut the... the they don't do short back and sides the same way we do in the UK or in right. the West or something. I'm not really sure. But she was definitely perplexed by it, mm. which was quite interesting. It never even dawned on me that it would be different. But the, the, the uh, haircut, really it is. The haircut that's um, very popular is like a hard... Uh, what do you call it? Like, a, what, do you, what do you do when you, like, you comb your hair onto one side? I realise it's a very basic parting. thing. A parting. Comb over. Like a hard parting, where basically it's it's like a, an Italian thing where... Um, a parting. It, it used to be, it used to be uh, all combed back with um, really severe cuts at the side, and that was that, that was the thing for about five years. Um, and I think that's something Isn't they that used to call... Isn't that what your hair looks like? Yeah, that's pretty much mine. I've not really be able, been able to get rid of it. To be honest, I, I, have, had, I had a shared head. You have head. very stylistic hair. 
I had a very, very sh- I, I had a c- completely shaved head. I had a completely bald head during all of my 20s. Uh, and I got to about 29, yeah. 30, and uh, a, a mutual friend, the wife of the TV presenter, Richard Bacon, said, well, Pete, you shaved your head because you went bald, didn't you? And I went, no. Does that, is that what people <laughs> think? Is that what people think? They think I'm bald. And so I, uh, started, so, I started, so I started growing some really terrible hair. So I've not been able to sort of get away. I had a Jedwood for a bit, which is very spiky, stupid hair. Um, that took a lot of hairspray, I tell you what. Um, and now I've got what can only be described as, I think... It's not popular. It's basically Kim Jong Un's haircut. Uh, so they Kim used to call it. It's haircut. like a, it's like an old an old um, Chinese pirate's haircut. Um, that's what, what do you say when you go it. into the hairdressers? You just say undercut. Do the Kim Jong Un haircut. Give me an undercut. Give me an undercut and let me get out of here. I got this one that's like a Turkish... Turkish barbers are always usually the best because they give you like a, a shoulder massage and they pull on your fingers and they set fire to your ear hair. Oh, it's incredible. Wow. They give you a hot a towel. life you Beautiful. Mean. I mean, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't seen Pete Donaldson's hair, do Google him. There are some <laughs> lovely photos of him. When I, when I first met you, I was very taken aback by how stylish you were with oh. your clothes and your hair. Soon. You look exactly how I imagined a radio DJ slash entertainer slash person the, to look that, like. That, uh, and I was just the guild fell off that lily pretty quickly, I'd imagine. <laughs> I remember, actually, the first time I met you, I didn't tell you this, I wanted to make a good impression. Mm. I was wearing some scruffy T-shirt... Uh, the day I met Pete Donaldson, I was in London with Natsuki, making Natsuki the movie, mm. and uh, Pete just messaged me an email saying, Hi, Chris, I listened, I watched your video. Don't sound like that. And it would be great <laughs> to interview you. And I was like, oh, okay, don't know who that is, but that sounds fun. Let's go. Because we were just a few blocks away mm. from the Absolute Radio Station studio. That's why I said it. Have it. <laughs> and I was wearing some crappy T-shirt, looking really scruffy. And I remember going into Uniqlo or somewhere nearby and buying a shirt. I'm putting oh, it over go. my T-shirt just to meet you because I thought, well, I want to look good. I don't want to look like crap when I meet this he doesn't, famous, uh, incredible DJ. Let's make that and very so clear that he doesn't, uh, he doesn't do that anymore. The, 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 yeah, the magic's gone out of our relationship. It's terrible. Completely Your gone. dinner's in the dark. But if you watch, if you watch Datsky the movie, you can see the T-shirt-shirt combo that I, that I got. And uh, there you go. <laughs> a nice little bit of trivia yeah. behind-the-scenes information there. Lovely. Um, Got an email from Kyle Schmidt. He says, Hey guys, my name's Kyle and I live in Greenville in North Carolina. Ooh. I listen to your podcast after a long day of being a 911 operator. Good God. It helps me distress. Uh, and, but let me get to the questions. For, for me, Chris, uh, for Chris, me and my buddy are planning on coming to Japan in 2020 around Christmas time. Can you describe to us what it's like around that time. And for Pete, I heard you liked Persona 5. I do as well, so please give me your overall opinion on it. Keep up the amazing work, guys. Huge fan, Kyle. First off, Pete, what is Persona 5? I have no idea. I'm assuming it's a video game. It's a video game, uh, and it's the fifth one of a video game. To be honest, I've not played that much of it. Um, I I just didn't get on with it, Um, and I had other games uh, on the go at the time. It's a sh- what kind sh- of a video game is it? It's like a it's a JRPG, but it's it's modern and it's about school kids and it's set in Shibuya, I believe. Uh, and it's, I think he's an orphan or something, and he's looked after by his granddad or, or a, a relation in Shibuya, a, a ramen shop. Um, and oh, yeah. and that's about as far as I got to be honest. There's like t- there's two sides to it. There's like the spooky kind of netherworld, the underworld uh, that they all travel around in, and then there's um, modern day Shibuya. It's, it's, it's a fascinating. Uh, I, I do like. It sounds quite of, good. Uh, it's it's it really me. good. It's a it's a it's a big um, 
It's up there with uh, one of their bigger franchises. It's up there with like your Final Fantasies and your Yakuza's in, in Japan, I believe. I think Persona's a pretty big. What uh, console is it on? Game. Uh, PS4. I think it's been on. All, yeah, I think it's been on all of them at some point because obviously it's, it's the fifth one. Probably going right back to the PS2. To be honest, might be wide of the mark well, on that if one. And when. I make the investment and get a PlayStation 4, which I may well do before mm. the year's out. After the cycle, I think I'm going to just sit in a room for like a month and do nothing, which would be the perfect time to get a PlayStation 4. Oh, so it'll, check it out it'll end up on the Switch, no doubt. Yes, like everything good. Mm. I Yeah, and as for Christmas in Japan, how to describe it? It feels yeah. like Christmas, but something's wrong is the best way to describe <laughs> it. You have like the... The music playing, they have like Last Christmas playing in the shops. There's Christmas trees and decoration everywhere. Um, and then Christmas Day comes around and there's nothing. It's just rubbish. Like, I worked on Christmas Day and I've talked about it loads because it's a horrible memory. My first Christmas in Japan. Mm. Uh, just working, at, just being at work alone, eating some crappy bento and then falling over in some snow. And then <laughs> the day after Christmas Day, December 26th, you wake up and all the decorations, the Christmas trees, the music is gone. It's all gone. It's just completely gone. It's like they make an aggressive effort in Japan to just finish Christmas the day after it's happened. And it always depresses me because for me, Christmas is like a month-long thing that ends early January. You know, it's a whole season. Yeah. Um, and that feeling in Japan of nothing actually happening on Christmas Day and then it just being over straight after, it just makes Christmas in Japan feel very superficial and commercialised. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's not great. I mean, I do like the fact they, they acknowledge Christmas as a thing. That's nice because it's my favourite time of year back home anyway. Mm. And it kind of helps get over that. But on the other hand, it's very commercialised. And, yeah, it feels like what Christmas might be going towards in the West where there's no historic component or nothing, just selling presents and buying and selling stuff. Mm. It's know. like uh, it's like Halloween, I think, in in kind of uh, in Japan, where Halloween, 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 and then the next day, like I think it's on a Wednesday Christmas. this year, everyone goes absolutely crazy, and then Thursday they replace all of the Halloween stuff with Christmas stuff. I think that's uh, that's right. From what I've heard, that's the case. I mean, there's Halloween stuff on sale for the last month already in a lot of shops. Like early September, they mm. love Halloween here. I'd say in many ways Halloween's bigger than Christmas, and Halloween in Japan. Is actually quite fun. They do have lots of great parties in places like Tokyo that's why I'm and Osaka. Coming. Pete loves it. Pete, that's why Pete comes Love at it. all. It's the reason he's coming this time. <laughs> he wasn't even coming for the cycle. He was coming for Halloween. You invented the cycle mid me planning the trip. <laughs> ah. yeah. oh, you dear. love it, Pete. And yeah, so if Pete Donaldson travels the other side of the world every year to come and experience it it must be quite good yeah so try try halloween halloween is better than christmas definitely come then instead mm. kyle come then instead but uh yeah even if you do come in christmas i'm sure you'll have a great time mm. uh what else we've got we've got an next? email from lucas from denmark lucas lucas from the kingdom of denmark here he says very grand uh i'm currently spending Happy my gap grand. year working in a warehouse trying to scrape up some money before adventuring japan next year Loving the podcast, I listen to it every Thursday, which makes the tedious labour of packaging four million computer chips a little more bearable. Wow. Four million computer that's, that's chips. That's a lot, isn't it? Um, I was wondering... what I picture the people of Denmark to do. <laughs> I, I was uh, wondering, since I'm also considering living in Japan in the future, how do people greet each other? I know that a lot of Japanese people have a pretty hard time with physical contact. In Denmark, though, hugging is a very big part of the culture when greeting people, and I'm curious as to how that would be perceived in the land of four seasons. So my question is, how would you normally greet a stranger in japan uh, for example a new boss would it be with a handshake or just a bow 
Would mm. you ever hug Natsuki or uh, Risotero? You've really got to stop calling him Risotero. <laughs> it's getting the point. I love it's it. getting it's to a silly point. When seeing them for the first time in a while, I would love to know. Keep up the great work. Hugh too, Lucas from Denmark. Um, so do you ever hug people? I've hugged people in the past that, and it's always a bit, oh, maybe I shouldn't have done that because... They just don't do hugs quite so much, do they? Well, you hugged me, and I, you know, yeah. I, I felt a bit uncomfortable Love at the it. time. But Love I, a I hug. But I went along with it. <laughs> um, yeah, in Japan, I wouldn't hug anyone, really. I think I probably hugged Natsuki once, like a goodbye hug, when I left Sakata, when I moved away. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you're meeting a boss, typically it'd be a bow. I do find um, a lot of Japanese, uh, when it comes to business in Japan... If you are a foreigner, a lot of people will shake your hand and yeah. you just go along with it, right? Mm. Because they like it. They think it's cool to shake hands with a foreigner because that's what we do in the West. Mm. But typically I would bow. I would always just bow uh, and see what happens. If they put out their hand to me, I shake it. Otherwise, I just bow. And that's the way to do it. Um, even friends in Japan, they just bow and they greet each other by saying something like, Hisashiburi. Uh, do you know that phrase, Pete? Hisashiburi. No. Hisashiburi. Sashiburi, it uh, means long time no see. If you've oh. watched Natsuki the movie, there's a scene where Natsuki goes into a bar mm. to meet his friend, the really awesome guy, Terra-chan, uh, who's got like a bar themed like a British, like like the UK. Do you remember that bit? Yes, I do. And, and then Natsuki goes on to um, perform a rather underwhelming trick with a chubby chop. <laughs> he does perform an incredible trick with a chubby chop. But he goes in, <laughs> and when he opens the door, Terra. Chan says to him, you know, he says, oh, Sashiburi, Sashiburi, long time no see, good to see you, long time no see. That's the most common greeting amongst friends informally, I'd say. Mm. If you haven't seen someone for a few months or something, you'd say, oh, Sashiburi. Ah. Um, that's the way to do it. That's the best way. Um, sometimes they say, you know, Genki, but given that it's a phrase that we learn a lot yeah. when we first start learning Japanese, oh, genki desu ka. Yeah. You, you find it's not used as much as you'd think no. in Japan. No, I hear, I hear daijobu a lot more. Daijobu, yeah, daijobu is the most like used word ever, which means mm. okay or I'm okay. Mm. Um, yeah, people don't use genki. They don't even say genki desu ka that mm. often. It feels a bit odd in Japan, I find. like Most people don't do it. The reason they teach it, I think, is because it's just easiest for us, right? When we see someone... It, it, like in the UK, the first thing you'd say is like, how you doing? How you doing, right? What's going on? Yeah. Uh, whereas in Japan, I find they don't do that as much. They would just say sashiburi. Um, so, yeah, I think they just teach Genki desu ka, so it makes us feel more, it just helps us get into the culture maybe or something. It's quite It's quite a fun English word, isn't it? Genki. Genki. It's, it's, Genki. it's quite a fun, yeah. memorable word because it's, un, it's unlike a lot of other words. It's got a real bounce to it. Genki. It does. Genki, just nice, <laughs> nice bouncy word. Mm. And I mean, another good uh, phrase actually that we learn early when le- when studying Japanese. If you you know you go through the first few phrases that you learn in Japanese, one of them is doitashimashite, which means Doitashimashite. you're welcome, right? Mm. You know, you're welcome. But we never ever use that here. I've ne- ever like never really hear it. Yeah, I've, um, it, this is one of the things that I think I learned, and I've ne- again I've I've just forgotten. I've, I've I can when you said doitashimashite, I knew I knew exactly what you meant because sometimes when I hear you say speak Japanese, I'm like. Yeah, no, I haven't got the first clue what that is. Uh, but I, I do remember learning that, but I don't think I've ever ever used it once. Well, like, <laughs> it means you're welcome, right? And mm. it, it's kind of you, it, the way it's translated in English, it's, you know, you're welcome. So if you say thanks for something, you say, oh, thanks, Chris. I go, oh, you're welcome, Pete. 
But they don't really do that in Japan. They would just say, oh, yeah, yeah, no, 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 not at all, right? You'd just say, no, no. If, if someone's thanking you for something, you don't go, you're welcome. You just go, oh, no, no, not at all mm. in Japanese. So in that regard, you never really hear, you're welcome. You don't hear doitashimashite. Mm. So I don't know why they teach it that much, really. You're better off just explaining how Japanese actually works. And that's one of the most interesting things. When I was uh, studying Japanese, I did it in Japan so I could see the things that didn't really work or things that aren't actually used. Mm. And when you're going through a Japanese textbook early on, the early stuff you learn, beginner stuff, a lot of the phrases are a bit off. They don't aren't really used mm. in Japan. And I think that's a really interesting topic that I should probably cover at some point. Uh, I'll do my research a bit more. But that's just a, a taster of what's to come one day. When yeah. we actually make that podcast. <laughs> yeah. Or video, I um, guess. <laughs> or video, yeah. That'd be better. Uh, we got an email from Katrina from Orlando. She says, Hi, Chris and Pete. I work at a roller coaster Ooh. in a popular amusement park in America. Wow. Given that it's Orlando... Could yeah, be, it's only a few, isn't there? What, Disney? Could be. What is there? There was that one in Tampa as well. Anyway, today we had some <laughs> technical issues and the ride was closed. And I tried explaining this to a young woman when she came up to the entrance. But she just looked confused and kept saying, Only Japanese! How would I say something like closed or broken in Japanese? And have you guys had any interesting experience, experiences in Japanese theme parks? Oh. How do they compare to theme parks where you're from? Katrina from Orlando. Um, that's an interesting one. Yeah. I guess, I mean, I wouldn't, rather than teach you some sort of Japanese phrase, I would just say, I would just put, take out a map of the theme park, point at the ride, and then, do you know when you go down a water slide and you sort of cross your arms in front of you? Yeah. Like, uh, you know, like you're, when you're going down a chute or something. Mm. Just do that, because in Japan, that if you cross your that arms no. in that way, to form an X, it just kind of means no. It means... No. So I just point the ride on the map and just do that and be like, no, no. <laughs> that's the best way, rather than trying to speak some Japanese quickly and awkwardly, which might be difficult. So yeah. that's the best option. Um, Perfect. Yeah. Uh, in terms of theme parks, I actually went to a Japanese theme park the other day, Nasu Highland Park in Tochigi Prefecture. It's a really big, th- really decent theme park on the mm. side of a mountain. I went there and there were 50 people there in a theme park on the scale of, like, a pretty decent-sized theme park. And I was able to go on roller coasters four times in a row just because nobody goes there on a weekday. I love and that was theme awesome. park. So that's my experience of a Japanese theme park. <laughs> They're all really busy, except Nuss Highland Park. So mm. I recommend going there, if you can get there. It's a bit out of the way. Um, but, yeah, theme parks in Japan... Generally, they're so busy that I don't enjoy going to them. I really enjoy Fuji Q Highland Park, which we featured in a recent video where I cycled around uh, a lake with my friend Sharla. Mm. We went there, and that's my favourite theme park in Japan, hands down. The rides are amazing. He, he forced Sharla into getting on the ride, even though she didn't want to. <laughs> that was brilliant. <laughs> he did that like was, that was roller coaster. I enjoyed that so much. So, <laughs> even I was scared that roller coaster once it was going. Yeah. Like. Uh, I was filming it. I was trying to f- film it on a GoPro, film her reaction. And I was so busy fumbling with the GoPro, I didn't even realise I was on a roller coaster climbing up like 100 metres about to drop <laughs> off. And then I sort of looked up from the GoPro. I was like, oh, shit, we're about to go down. Did you, and, did, you uh, tip, did you tip the GoPro to your hands at any point? No, I was, I was trying to cling on to it. I was very stupid. <laughs> I was, had it in my hand. And I didn't know whether or not I could film the ride because there was... I'd heard you couldn't, but there was nothing saying you, you, couldn't. you couldn't. So I yeah. figured I'd just film our reactions instead mm. to get around that yeah. and get some people with cameras filming us on the roller coaster. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, no, it's a really amazing ride. That's the f- called Fujiyama. It used to be the tallest roller coaster on the planet. Now I think it's the sixth tallest, but right. it's so bloody high, <laughs> and it's so fun. And if you do, you like roller coasters, Pete? Yeah, I really do. I think they're brilliant. I Go don't got there. enough of them. Go there one day when you come to Japan. And it's not winter. Mm. Go there. You can like hop on a bus from Shinjuku Station and off you go. Yeah. You love Perfect. it. Perfect. Best theme park ever. Perfect. Uh, what else we got? We've got an email from Luca. Hello, Luca. Luca. Um, keep on rocking. He ends the email with what you're enjoying. Uh, hello, Chris and Pete. Hope you're doing well. I am Luca from Sao Paulo, Brazil. Um, I listen wow. to the podcast every week in my car while going to the college or work. Uh, there's always traffic, so I'm very thankful to have something fun to listen to. I'm going to be living in uh, Tokyo as an abroad student next semester, and I have two questions regarding Japanese festivals. First is, um, if any of you guys have ever been to the Sapporo Winter Festival, and if yes, what do you, do you guys think of it? Is it worth going? And the second, if you guys have uh, got any recommendations of festivals in the spring season, there are so many festivals that I can't decide which ones I should go to. Ooh. Mm. I've well, done a lot of festivals. What I'll say is... I know. Have you have you been to any festivals? No, um, no. I've only uh, I was only in Sapporo for a couple of days, and I climbed that little mountain um, next to it. Ah, yeah. And that was it. That's all I did. Really, <laughs> played a bit of baseball in the baseball cages, the batting cages, and then uh, and then went home. <laughs> Sounds like my ideal holiday. Yeah. yeah, I know Sapporo Winter Festival is supposed to be amazing. Everyone that I know who's been to it has always talked about how brilliant it was, and the photos, videos of it look incredible. So. Definitely go there. I would go if I could. Or I don't know why I don't. I just never bother. But um, cool, yeah, every town, like so many towns across Japan, have their festival on in spring. Like the town I used to live in, Sakata, has a, a cool festival. Uh, there's nothing particularly special, but it's just a nice atmosphere. You have mm. hundreds of stalls doing the same things, like karyage, chicken, and my personal favourite, choco banana. Ooh. Which is just a banana covered in chocolate and sprinkles. There's money in the banana stand. Did you just go, uh, or, uh? No, I went, ooh, bananas. Ah, good. (laughs) I thought you might be disgusted by the concept of a chocolate banana. (laughs) And it's so delightful. I've got nothing against that. Yeah. Um, Yeah, and there's also... No, actually, I don't know anymore. (laughs) That's it. Uh, But there are some great festivals dotted throughout the year. But uh, honestly, I'll just go on the events page, type it in, see what you can find. But uh, Mm. yeah, there's certainly no shortage in the spring season. There's so many great festivals to enjoy. But uh, yeah, go to the Winter Festival, Luca, and enjoy yourself. Have fun. Got an email from Friedrich who says, Hi, Chris and Pete. First of all, sorry about the length of this email. It's all right. Uh, I'm an Austrian guy. Austrian guy currently wrapping up my work in Boston where I've been staying for the past two months love the podcast and the YouTube channel both have helped me to kill time with the exception of the cockroach in the love hotel story uh, and mentioning that there are many insects in Okinawa you've never really covered this topic I've heard several times that there are many insects in Japan especially (laughs) those huge centipedes Mm. is this true for the whole of Japan or is the north different to the south I might have the possibility of working uh, or moving in Japan in the future, and I'm considering it, but I honestly don't think I could live in a place where those centipedes are and those other freaks of nature can find my way into my room. <laughs> best, All the best, Friedrich. That's a, that's, that's a great reason not to come to Japan. Insects. To be fair, I did say in a recent video I wouldn't go to Australia because of the spiders, so eh, it's a, a legitimate reason in my eyes. But that said, I think... In the north, or just Tokyo or the north, there's not that many insects. I did open my door the other day, though, and find a dead uh, a dead hornet. 
Oh. Which are terrifying. Like, if you imagine so a bee big. and then times that bee by five, mm. it's absolutely giant. And they have the very characteristic, angry-looking face. They're quite beautiful. They're, uh, yellow and black, black stripes. And they look beautiful, but they're absolutely dangerous as hell. If they sting you, you have to get to the hospital straight away. A lot of people die every year by being stung by them. Um, that's, right. so that's the only yeah. thing I worry about. Yeah. Also saw a snake as well yesterday whilst walking down by the river. A snake just sort of slithered right in front of me by about... It must have been about two metres in front of me, which was a little bit <laughs> unnerving, but also quite cool, because I never see snakes in the UK, so yeah. that was cool. But, yeah, I don't think insects are too much of an issue, other than summer, when you have those bloody, annoying, loud cicadas, which don't shut the hell up for, mm. like, three months. They, um... Well, they're in their final throes, aren't they? They're, 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 um, they spend all of their time underground, and then for, like, one week they um, come up, have sex, and then die. Very sad. <laughs> Sounds like the idea, an ideal lifestyle. <laughs> they just fly into your face. I don't know what it is about them. It's like their radar's off or something. They, they just sort of fly out of trees and just smack you in the head. And it's happened to me numerous times the last few, like every every year. It happens at least three or four times. Yeah, you don't, don't you don't see them in rooms well, really. They, they never really sort mental. of come into the come into the room. Spiders and stuff. Yeah, I, no, I don't I don't think I. It's not a particularly insecty place. Have you got like places like Malaysia or? Thailand, I think, or Indonesia. I think there's, you know, the the South um, South Asian kind of countries. I think there's there's a lot more of mm. that around. Yeah, I mean, I I haven't actually had that many unpleasant experiences. I don't like insects either, Friedrich. So don't be too alarmed. I, and I hasn't been much of an issue for mm. me. There are lots of spiders outside, but I never really see them on the inside. And I know now that I've said that, they're going to be everywhere. Um, I did have an issue. Uh, a few months ago where I went into the lift the doors closed and I looked down and there was this giant cockroach and it just started following me around the lift and I, I live four stories up and I was just doing circles in this lift while this cockroach followed me around I don't know why they do it I don't know what they what it hoped to do was it trying to attack me did it just want a, a hug or want something to be your I don't know it was terrifying you wanted to shake your hand <laughs> yeah uh, he knew fantastic. I was a, a YouTuber you'll be fine Friedrich yeah. Friedrich yeah, you'll be, be fine. fine. All the best, Friedrich. Good luck. Yeah. Um, I've got one from Zach. Hey, Chris and Pete. My name's Zach. I live in England. Nice one. I love listening to your podcasts on the long trek to school. Kind of saves me, saves me a little. And the videos are amazing. Keep up the great work. I had a question. What would you say is the hardest thing about teaching English in Japan? Because I'm planning on doing that, and I want to prepare myself as best as I can. All the best, Zach. Um, the hardest thing about teaching English in Japan, Zach, is... A lot of people don't really care about English. They don't see why it's important. They throw wave after wave of grammar at students, but they don't spend much time telling students about why English is of value and how it's not just some language. It's, it's actually just a tool, you know, mm. a tool that can make your life a lot more fulfilling and exciting and give you lots of opportunities to travel and listen to the Abroad in Japan podcast, above <laughs> all. Um, so... Yeah, that's the most annoying thing. So if you do become a teacher, just tell students why English is good and make them want to learn because that's the biggest problem I've found, just mm. a lack of motivation or, or caring about English or seeing why English was important. Mm. Although that might be because I lived in the countryside, so they you don't should. really need it there anyway. But yeah. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Fucking horrible. Oh. Wow. Um, we got an email from Ethan from North Carolina. You're going to have to take this one, though, um, Chris, because it starts saying, please read this in your best American accent for maximum oh, authenticity. Uh, and obviously you're the one with know. the American accent that's very good, so... I don't know if I'm in the right frame of mind to pull off an American oh, accent today. Well, we'll uh, just, uh, just read it. Take so. I'll try it. No, I'll try it. Okay. Yeah, ready? Okay, uh, I haven't done it in a while, so if it's crap, forgive me. And if it does go crap halfway through, I'll abandon it. Um... Firstly, thanks for doing this podcast. I've been binging all the episodes and listening to them every single day at work for nine hours, and I'm finally caught up. I was wondering about the religious the religious state of Japan <laughs> and how many protests and oh shit, oh my god, I've messed it up. And how many profess Shintoism or Buddhism? But you mentioned in one of your videos with Ryotaro that the Japanese people are actually mostly atheistic. What has been your experience? Atheistic, is that a word? I don't know. What has been... <laughs> I'm losing it. Oh, shit. What has been your experience with such a unique culture that ritualistically and traditionally is, relig- is, is religious, but the majority is truly non-religious? I'm, this is going horribly wrong. You kind of forget, do you don't you, that there the, may the, be... You kind of forget that the, the American accent is actually... You, you do have to contort your, your mouth. Like, you really have to kind of lean into it like that. What's it's going wrong? I mean, yeah, okay, <laughs> I'll, I'll try carrying on. Do you think there may be interest, interest in religion that is disencouraged by Japanese culture? Thanks, Ethan from North... North... Can North, say North. North. North Carolina. Carolina. That's a difficult one. I, <laughs> difficult question, difficult words, trying hmm. to say... Uh, words like ritualistically and traditionally is religious in yeah. American accent and disencouraged. That's my challenge for the day. <laughs> They've given you a right stick. I, I know I could do a better ac- American accent than that. I should have read this question in advance and practiced <laughs> it so I can blow everyone away. That was just a horrible voice. That's going to scar lots of listeners. But it anyway, on to the question. Mm. Ethan, I 
what's the question? What's the experience being with such unique culture? Risk a little bit. Basically, I found that everyone in Japan is more or less an atheist, and the aspects of Buddhism and Shintoism are more just rituals, as you say. They're basically just rituals, rather than yeah. having some sort of religious belief component, some sort of belief uh, in something in the afterlife. It's it's more like just a, a ritual. Um, but then they also do believe in ancestors and res- paying respects to ancestors. Whether they believe in an afterlife, I'm not sure. When I when I speak to Ryotaro about it, he you know he said like uh, in a in a video we made back in I think March, he said he pays respects to his ancestors, but he doesn't really believe in anything after he dies. He's he's by all accounts an atheist. Yeah. So, uh, it's a complicated one, isn't it? You have rituals, but. In a sense, why are you doing those rituals if you don't believe in them? Mm. Um, I think that sums up Japanese culture very well. You know, you find people don't question the things they're doing. They do these rituals, they do these things, but they don't question why they do them. Yeah, um, it's, it's not for any sort so of organised religious reason. It, it, it's not, you know, it, it, there's ritualism and it's a cultural ritualism rather than a, um, uh, rather than a religious one, or certainly an organised religion anyway. Mm, mm. Yeah, it's an interesting... Which I quite like, aspect, I think but, I like that. Uh, I think, yeah, it's nice. You know, you don't get into religious debates with everyone. Mm. There's no religious debates to be had, which is always nice. Um, you just Everyone just goes along with it. And, yeah, religion doesn't really get in the way of things here. But it's mm. I think it's people just do it more for good fortune, you know. Um, yeah, honestly, it's nice. I like it. But uh, I find religion doesn't get in the way of many people's lives here. It doesn't... It doesn't factor in, generally, apart from certain times of year, like Obon Festival in August. Mm. Uh, and in the new year, most people go to a shrine or a temple to pray. Um, but yeah, that's it. So it's nice. It's cool. Um, yeah. Don't, don't think I can add anything else to that. No. I'm just, I've still got my, the sound of my own voice ringing in my ear, <laughs> ringing in my ears of my butchered American accent. I'll have to make up for it. In a future podcast, I'll have yeah. to actually take a good running it, jump right. and, and, and choose a, an email that doesn't have so many um, complex words in it. Ritualistically Ritualistic. culture. Yeah. <laughs> it's a difficult one. Send uh, your questions in, ladies and gentlemen, ladies yes. and gentlemen, to the Abroad Japan podcast at gmail.com. Uh, inbox will be back same time next Wednesday. But for now, guys, no matter where you might be out there in the big wide world, thanks for joining us. Have yourself a great week, and we'll see you then. Take care, everyone. Bye for now.
deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 